0: Hello and welcome to the Free Associates. That's right, the Free Associates. And what does that mean, folks? It means that we are free to associate with any idea or anybody that comes our way, no matter what trouble it begins, no matter what revelations come. Yes, freedom. You know what people like? They like freedom. They like freedom. And also, we are Free to associate, like to free associate, to like see something and be like, oh yeah, that reminds me of something, and and like this too, and like, oh yeah, I meant that, or whatever it is, have a dream, you know, but like a weird dream, I've been having weird dreams all week. Thing is, is that my wife jumped into my arms the other day on top of a sledding hill and I think broke my nose, so I have like throbbing pain that keeps coming and going. But that's okay. I love my wife very much and our kids who are out there in the valley, in the basin, enjoying this winter weather. Now, we are coming to you live from WAAMRS. We are so privileged to have a platform to speak to you with. And today we have a pretty interesting show, I think, although I've been getting loud complaints in the studio about how long the article was. Oh, my God. Ten-page article. Can you believe it? Gave him a week. And the whale dog is sitting here crying. All right. Now, if you guys want to go and see that article, um, I don't think it's something you can do read quickly. You may have already read it, but um, I can tell you if you go to freeassociates.us that article is up and running. And we are going to summarize the article, and I think it's, a, it's an article that's kind of, in some ways, easy to summarize. And so we will do that in a minute. Now, I just want to also remind you that we are podcasted all over the known universe, okay? There are spaceships going by get in our podcast. There are literally aliens that get into this solar system just to get onto Spotify, load up, and then they go elsewhere. So both Barbarian in the Valley and the Free Associates is available on podcast form. So please seek it out, seek it out. And uh, just to let you know, we have the whale dog, but we also have a first time guest here. Robin Nelson's going to be coming back. Now, folks, we know that part of our whole shim sham is that you guys are going to show me a drawing and I'm going to free associate on it. Okay, Robin has done a drawing. This is not description. Get your drawing ready, and I'm going to pre-associate on it. I'm just going to, like, really, like, loosen my brain up here. In my 20s, a storm coming in on Labor Day. Gibbs life, my best friend at the time, walking from Union Square on down. Single, alone, jobless, and well, that's it. That's my free association. That's my free association. I spent many years that way. Now, I want to remind you guys that we have no experts on the show, although you wouldn't know it from what just happened in the studio. And we'll get to that in a second. Boy, that was frightening. I'll talk to you guys about that in a minute. Um, we will be back in a minute, and uh, we hope you enjoy the, our prog rock. It goes so well with Talk. Coming back, we're back in the studio. We're so glad to have you here on this Saturday morning. WMUA Amherst, the Free Associates, here. And I'm gonna slowly pull up the mics of my guests there. Yes, Waylon, you were on. The blue light is on. I am not tricking you. Please look. I don't at trust them. it. Well, So your lack of trust in the institution of cody has just made your first words come out of your mouth on this radio show i don't trust it and so the listening audience thinks that you are a skeptical person they think you are paranoid and i think that they're right to think so now can you introduce first of all i'm looking at the whale dog here as i call him on the radio show his jacket keeps sprouting patches you look like you have a virus a patch virus i'm telling you as your friend like no more patches, no more bumper stickers on your van. Like there has to be a moment where a friend intervenes and says, "You look good, but one more patch and you're gonna look." Well, you've. Well, am I on right you now? On. I don't even hear myself. Am I on? Uh, yes, you are. Well, you've on. heard it
1: here first, everybody. Patriotism is now a scourge. No: uh, Cody.
0: Well, no, not really. I've got no problem. I've got no problem with we your hate patches. The American flag. Well, I don't like the Patriots, the i got to say, and that's going to put me in deep Dutch here. I'm a Red Sox fan, but I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm just saying, like, just... So the biggest gotta, dynasty just, in sports history. That doesn't make me like them. Listen, just no more patches, no more bumper stickers. On the van, which, by the way, sits above the neo-brutalist structure that we're <laughs> in, uh, in the loading zone security, the 15-minute loading zone, he puts his van in. I've been here for about 10 minutes, okay? Uh-huh. So... Oh, you're going to leave? Okay. So that's the whale dog. We've dealt with him. We love him. And could you introduce yourself?
2: Hi, I'm Robin Nelson, and I'm a Northamptonite.
0: You are a Northamptonite, and a former New Yorker, too. Former New Yorker, so. and an Ohioan. Oh, okay. You're going to claim that, too? No. What, are you running for president? Uh, no. you know, my <laughs> wife. My wife could run for president, because she was born in Colorado, grew up in Pennsylvania and Vermont, lived in New York, is now in Massachusetts You know she's got all the states covered yeah, yeah. You really want to move around If you're going to run for president So she's a hometown gal for so many That's why I drive the, the van around Oh yeah have right? been
1: to X, Y, and Z Right you know? Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and Waylon has a good future in politics waiting for him. Yeah, too many skeletons in the closet. It's yeah, like catacombs. Yes, we don't want to clear those cobwebs. No, not at all. Anyway, you know, Robin, actually, you ran for... Can you talk to us just briefly, because it's relevant to our article, What Did You Run For in New York?
2: So, I ran for city council when I was 28 with the yep. Green Party in Long Island City, Sunnyside, and... Uh, I did not win, but I did very well.
0: Well, for a Green Party candidate, (laughs) I think you did well. Yeah. So do you think it was
1: because of the Green Party?
2: That I did win? Yeah. Well, I was running against a like favorite son. But what I did do is I felt like I moved the dial.
0: Yeah. And that would be a massive coup to have a Green Party person on the New York City Council. I mean, these party machines are real, right? I mean, they're like, that's a real thing. By the way, I love Sunnyside said such a great neighborhood. It is a great neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, my
1: God. Look at you New Yorkers.
0: Yeah. See, he this, the out thing out that, this that conversation. Cody hasn't
1: even told you yet was that this is, like, three-hour-long reading mm-hmm. on New York, mm-hmm. so he's just literally making me just go live his past lives in this, in this article over here. It is
0: true that there is some—Robin and I share a—I <laughs> mean, I remember every moment in the article. Like, I remember when Sheldon Silver— uh, Eighty-six, the stadium on the west side. I remember that controversy. So, but you remember Whalen, Moses in nineteen thirty-three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I remember when Sheldon
2: Silver got uh, got his head chopped off too.
0: So yes, Well, I, I remember reading The Power Broker. I'll tell you that much. And that's twelve hundred pages. Actually, I'm only a third of the way through it. But Robert Caro, uh, just uh, as a recommendation to our listening audience, if you have the time, I think Robert Caro is the greatest uh, presidential. A biographer in the history of this country. He's written five volumes on Lyndon Johnson, which sounds like torture. But I mean, if you read these books, what he's able to do is really string together American history through these characters. And Lyndon Johnson's a really good character to choose, because he was both sociopathic and awful, but also did amazing things and pretty much held every office you can imagine. And I actually thought the article was good at this too. That is, um, so let's just talk before we proceed Should I summarize the article, or does someone want to take that on?
2: Go for it. Okay,
0: because I usually interrupt whoever's summarizing it, so let me... (laughs) Yeah, um, exactly. This article is basically addressing the long-standing issue that Penn Station is a hellhole. Which it is. Which it absolutely is, opposed to Grand Central Terminal. Not station. It's a terminal because trains terminate there. That's a New York City tour guide fact. It's not a station. It's Grand Central Terminal. Penn Station's a station because trains do not terminate there. They go through there. How much do I owe you for this? Uh, There's a tip box on the way out. (laughs) That's how I made my money. Now... Um, that Penn Station was torn down, and which actually is why Grand Central Terminal was saved, because it shocked so many people that that actually happened, that Jackie Onassis and other people were like, that's not going to happen again. But that beautiful station was torn down and has become just the worst kind of like bus station that you can imagine. And there's been a push really for f- like 50 years to rebuild something epic or beautiful, some kind of waiting room that's attractive to be waiting for trains. Now... The article is interesting in that it basically says, uh, and you guys can correct me, is that the modern progressive movement, in, in terms of infrastructure, is all about protecting the common man or woman from power brokers like Robert Moses, who got away with murder in New York City, did some really important things, but also killed neighborhoods and, and, and you know, was massively destructive. I think that it's clear that the author of this article is saying, that's unfortunate, that the progressive movement has adopted this attitude because now nothing of value gets built for the common people. And impediments that kill a project Robert Moses would have totally steamrolled over, what we perhaps need is that, that consolidation of power again. Is that a good...
2: I think so. I think it's like a pendulum. Robert Moses' is one end of the pendulum yeah. where he could do whatever he wants and there was unchecked power. And now we're at a pendulum where there's so much red tape and bureaucracy that nothing can get done. And yeah. Penn Station is disgusting. I mean, you don't want to sit
0: on the on the seats. Yeah. I mean, it's the lighting is terrible. There's a funny part of the article, by the way. I don't know if you saw it. I'm sure you did, but... Where an escalator breaks down in Penn Station. This isn't like nineteen <laughs> seventy <laughs> yeah. nine. years. and then it
2: breaks down the next <laughs> day after it. they fix
0: yeah. it. Amtrak and someone else's debates for four years on who's going to fix this escalator. They spend eighty nine. Finally, decide to split it. Eighty nine thousand dollars. It breaks down the next day. I mean, it's terrible. I, I was in Penn Station all the time. Now it's largely uh, an aesthetic project, right?
2: It is, but it's I-
0: not a functional project the same way that. Other things could be, but I think that the author is trying to point out that no project is really possible. That, that scale. Of that scale, without some impediments. And it does a good job of laying out all the impediments, and it's a really interesting history. Like, 9-11's part of that, right? As soon as they, 9-11 happens, the focus shifts away from the idea of a new Penn Station. Well, obviously it does, right? Because they're going to have to rebuild Ground Zero, and yeah
2: but so, i think the biggest impediment is just that there are so many players that you have to go through so many the community board the you have to go through the the borough president you have to go through all of the 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 mayor, the governor, you have to go through no, the oh environmental no. committee, and you know even in a small town, the small towns we live he- in here, you still have to go through those things to get anything done. Yeah, um, but there, when it's a big project that would really help, at least the beauty of New York City, and what they, how many like twenty seven million people go right, through, It's the busiest
0: transit hub in the world. Apparently, is Penn Station so, second biggest. I thought nothing exactly, can right. seem
2: to happen because of all of these impediments. Because so.
0: power has not coalesced around somebody. Now, you had some critique of this, though. And Wayland, feel free. This let's open the article up to critique. Like w- this is the thesis. I think we can all understand yeah, the thesis. No, it. It's a coherent c- thesis. What's the what? What issues do we have with this thesis?
2: Well, I think the issue that I have with the thesis of the fact that okay, here's Moses who could get stuff done, but maybe he, this he hurt a lot of people yep. and hurt communities, um but now we can't get anything done. Is there a middle ground? Can everybody win? Well, no, everybody can't win. Mm-hmm. And to me, I would say what Moses was able to do is he hurt huge he hurt communities and for the benefit of future communities. Yeah. And so I don't know. I just don't think everybody can win. In any project, there's always going to be someone who's hurt. And there's going to be a, maybe a community that's hurt or a person that's hurt. So it's going to be... It's, there's always going to be that. The
0: planes have to fly over some neighborhood to get to the airport. That's right. They don't just come down directly from the sky. Well, I also think it's interesting, too,
1: that like inside of the, like all of the stalemates that are happening... There's always an appeal to somebody that could potentially be the one that is the next Moses. So it eventually becomes the president. <laughs> like they're always appealing to like Clinton to come in and fix fix everything that's going on, or Bush to come in. So while we have we've created this beast of a bureaucracy that just is totally uh, you cannot get anything done. At the same time, what we really yearn for, and we talk about this all the time with cults and everything, but is somebody that can actually come in and just make executive decisions for the masses? Yeah. And the, it, like we both we we d- distrust it, but we also yearn for it,
0: right? Uh, you know, and we've talked about like a, perhaps a return to authoritarianism. Um, that is to say that the issues facing us might require authoritarianism. Uh, I'm not talking about Trump authoritarianism necessarily, but again, and I there's this Czech thinker who basically says that the American left, again, this is a critique of the American left, is trapped in this idea of going local. He, he says, N- you don't really want to go local right now. You really actually want to go to consolidated power because no change will be affected unless there's like a big power source. A president can't do much because they're only elected to two terms. You know, that, that's the, how many presidents were in the article three four presidents were in the article you know and so they can make a phone call to the post office and the post office can get scared for a couple years and then just wait it out you have private people like jimmy dolan now i just want to make a side i don't know if you know about this about jimmy dolan but jimmy dolan is the guy who owns the madison square garden and he owns the Knicks and the rangers and he's maybe the most hated person in new york city (laughs) because those teams which should be world championship teams i mean how does a New York City basketball team not win a world championship? It's New York City. It's basketball. You know there should be the money there to create a world championship team. He also has a band, and he plays. Like when Neil Young comes to town, he'll give him a break on the venue so his band can open for Neil Young. <laughs> so he's um, I'll do the
1: same thing. That's cool. So he's yeah.
0: pathetic. Uh, he might be a little pathetic. He might be a little that. pathetic. <laughs>
1: Robert goes to he's pathetic and I'm going to wow that's super
0: cool (laughs) yeah Waylon said i do that too yeah well no I get it I get it so you also have private interest and just briefly if the listening audience doesn't know I think it's important to say that Robert Moses is considered to be the most powerful New Yorker of the 20th century that essentially he invented transit authorities and transit authorities exists a little bit outside of government that is that they accrue money through tolls and stuff like that they're quasi-governmental things, and he amassed so much power in his life that he really could tell the mayor what to do. He he could almost tell the president what to do at certain times, and his power was was not an eight-year term. It wasn't two elections. It was decades and decades of power, and Robert Moses did a lot of really good and important things for the poor people of New York. I mean, his first goal was to get poor New Yorkers to the beach, I mean, that was his first goal, and they couldn't get to the beach. And if you read The Power Broker, it's beautiful passages about how you just couldn't get to the water if you were poor in New York, if you lived in Manhattan or in Brooklyn. But with that, he
2: also broke up so many communities. He potentially kind of ruined the Bronx for, or made the Bronx what it is. Sure, that was later. And there's lots of things that he did that really hurt, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. Um, you know, But I think, so it's, 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 a, it's a case where not everybody wins. But in this case, I think with Moses, you could say that future generations won, but the people
0: of the time did not win at all. And I think you can even argue the future people didn't win because the BQE, the Brooklyn, yeah. Prime, you don't really need those highways going into the city. You need more train systems and stuff like that. He, right. pri- he basically, as the way I understand him, is that his first goal was to get people out of the city so they could go to the beach? His second goal was to get people from the suburbs back into the city so they could go to work. But that just shows how long his exactly. reign lasted for That's that right. to be the case. That's right, from the mid twenties under L. Smith through uh, late mid sixties, you know, suburbanization and stuff like that. Let me throw a crazy idea out there, okay? You you respond to this? Why shouldn't rich people be free of airplanes going over their houses? Why should, isn't, how else are you going to make these decisions? If you're wealthy, you, you won. And this is totally, <laughs> I mean, this is the most controversial thing. So, <laughs> let's lock the doors of the studio before I finish <laughs> that sentence. down the
1: hatches, people.
0: patting <laughs> down the hatches. <laughs> this is totally um, what Waylon would like to call devil's advocate. Okay. Yeah. And Waylon's always saying, well, yeah. I'm going to play devil's advocate. He rides me for that. Yeah, well, because you say it all now the time. Now become it. So... Why should rich people be inconvenienced? Haven't they? Aren't they the? If you're going to make these choices, why? Stunned silence (laughs) from.
2: Well, this is what I would say: is that you know, the world that is the world we live in. The world we live in is that people with money have power. They have the power to move. They have the power to live wherever they want. Mm -hmm. They have the power to uh, to affect elections affect uh commerce affect uh to even affect bureaucracy uh so that is what we live in so the question is why not well why not is it's unfair Mm -hmm. it's not uh it's not right
0: Mm -hmm.
2: but in the world we live in that is what we live in i mean just the fact that you have the power to move i mean i remember myself the moment i realized wow i can live wherever i want Yeah. And so that's how I moved from Ohio to New York City. <laughs> 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 but I that that that's I that is that so I line. don't even know if it's only if it's what would you say even rich people, but people with the 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 funds to. Yeah. I would say even middle class people have that power too, but maybe the, I mean, the difference would be is that they have the power to move after. You know, like like it it Mm -hmm. could still happen to them, but it would. They could move after potentially.
0: They could somehow. Yeah, yeah, it might mortgage their future a little bit. It would really chew into them. And then the idea of a middle class America is, I don't. It's less and less. Waylon, what do you say to that? Why shouldn't? Why shouldn't the jets landing into the airport go over uh, poorer neighborhoods and not richer neighborhoods? I think it's a moot point. I don't think it matters. I what
1: I what I do think that matters is that the the translation of of money into politics you look at Citizens United things like that but it also gives you it frees up time too time to be on boards time to be in on committees time to yep. and if there was if there was any suggestion that I would make into uh, into uh, poorer communities or anything with like that it would be get involved in those kind of local committees and boards because you see in the article how they basically, they're part of this kind of huge stalemate in the bureaucracy of all the things that are going on. And that is a... Now, obviously, it depends on how high we're talking about for, for elections and things like that. We you know talk about even in New York, I'm guessing that, you know, running for a city council position is going to be, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, probably even higher than that. But on smaller boards, if there's planes going over your community... It, uh, it you, it's not going to cost you a lot to get on get a advisory board position or to get so those small. Robin, Robin, so Robin, I, I totally Robin disagree gave you a jaundiced look. Yeah, do? I and guess like, reason,
2: so, and I think yeah. that that's saying that that people have time.
1: Exactly. Well, that's I what, mean, what you're started saying.
2: With. But but I know. But I mean, if let's say you are you, if your focus is I need something to eat yeah. or I need to pay my bills. That is your focus. That's the focus of not having. So you have to have those those needs met before you can even go to that next level, and even the the next level of running for council. You have to have even more other. I have so I ran for city council, and when I did it, I was working for a nonprofit organization. I was 28, and I had really cheap rent in Queens. That was before. That was when Astoria was like. Uh-huh. I could pay three hundred and fifty dollars a month for uh-huh. a, a rat infested mm-hmm. closet, and you know I and I was making around thirty thousand dollars a year, and I could do it because I had no kids. I had that's all I you know I only had to take care of myself.
0: Sure. Um, and you had parents you could call if you got in trouble, probably.
2: I I could. I mean I you know, I didn't, but I, know I, I did. could. I okay. Could. Well,
0: I did. But I
2: I <laughs> I was definitely. But I would say that you have to have a lot of things that you have to have a lot of things in well, place to be able to uh, do I, even just the going to the board meetings it's not as easy as saying and asking someone who doesn't have to do to yep. do something that isn't going to immediately affect them I think that's, that's a hard I ask
0: I think you've got to kick But at the same,
1: same time you're going to have planes flying over your head so oh. deal with it
0: Know what I'm saying? No, no, but I think that you can kickstart it. I think there's something in between. I finished this book, uh, The Unwinding by George Packer, which I really want to recommend to everybody, um, which goes to like the unwinding of our national institutions from banks to government. And one of the characters he follows lives in Youngstown, Ohio, right, which is a really tough town. She had been a factory worker for a long time and then she managed to get some kind of payout, you know, because the factory was closing, went to social work school, got hired as an activist, organ- a community organizer. And that's a really great middle because she right. she was yep. afforded rent and food and then went on to really do not like world historical stuff, but really important stuff. And she was able to almost like a vampire activate other people in the community. That is to say, it was a highly leveraged thing. She was able to be active she was also able to assist people who were still working to be active, recognized, fed uh, recognition in a way, and that, it, it was very positive. Let me just put it that way. But I really understand what you're saying is that if you, especially if you have kids and stuff like that, it becomes really hard to go anywhere to a board meeting and if you have two jobs Yeah, but and that's stuff a like decision
1: that. that you made right there. Kids. Oh, jeez. I'm not going to get. We'll, we'll get. Don't even I mean, that's another. Stop, that's another off. But I so don't have any sympathy a, for somebody that can't go on a board because they prioritize their children. Are you single their, their right children. now? Single. Because no kids?
0: I just can't wait can you for you tell? to have kids. I know this is what he tells you all the time. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do a reality show, and I'm just going to. It's just going to crush you. I just. Can't I'm going to have to start get a crushed. diary just thing, for you to read. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me is having my kids, and it is so hard. And I don't. Yes, was it a choice? Yes, it was absolutely a conscious choice. I, I just don't think by, by that logic, you you're saying poor people shouldn't have kids because they don't have time to go on academy.
1: Why where do, where do we get this? So, where do we get in there, huh?
0: Jeremy Whalen, folks, <laughs> is the devil incarnate. That's gonna be the
1: new bumper sticker, oh my god. There's car.
0: literally sulfur in the DJ booth. <laughs> Let's back up a couple of steps. We're gonna take a break in a minute, but I do wanna come back to the main thrust of the article, which is Um, You know, activism and stuff like that is a part of it. But I think that the author is saying that the progressive left has become so allergic to any kind of consolidated power, that it's really crippled itself. And in that vacuum, they've allowed business interests to take over. That is to say the business interests are not allergic to consolidated power, you know they're able to build their really tall skyscrapers they're not really worried about how this the optics of this look the other thing by the way the article mentions is the west side highway which was a, you know could have been buried like the west side highway in manhattan could have been underground except there was some fish fish hatcheries that it was going <laughs> to affect i mean you know at some point you got to make a choice like what would actually be better a utilitarian view would be better to have the West Side Highway underground so we can access the waterfront or are we worried about some fish hatcheries like uh, it gets a little psychotic when you're
2: well it does get psychotic because it's all of these bureaucracies and everyone everyone having a voice I mean you know we, we say it, we, we everyone should have a voice but should everyone have a voice there are you do have not everybody's going to win not mm-hmm. everybody's going to win and I'm not saying that it's Bad that the fish, you know, won. But what I would say (laughs) is that, you know, if you go over to the West Side Highway, you know, it smells like fumes over there. Yeah. And it doesn't, and you're right, we don't, there's no water access. Yeah. You know, on the other side, there, you know, you have the ferries, you have the, um, the kayak uh, organizations, oh, and you have all of those things. And you have that because there is access. So having access does make a difference. That doesn't mean that fish aren't important. Yes, fish they're are so important. They're too. So important.
0: <laughs> now, here's the thing. You, you tr- the, the word kayak triggers me because um, uh, that's a theme of the first hour. A lot of empty kayak racks. So I just want to let you know that you'll notice those empty kayak racks on cars, and I'm starting to think there's a conspiracy going on. So <laughs> um, now we're going to come back in, in just a minute, but um, and we want to remind you guys that thefreeassociates.us has all of the readings that you can possibly want for this show. I chose some very powerful, powerful Robert Moses-like music for our transition. Oh yes the sinister power of a transit authority close your eyes imagine the worst kind of William Butler Yates poem yeah. being red. I can't. <coughs> cannot possibly do it we'll be back in a minute guys and I just want to throw the phone number out there because <laughs> I know that there's an angry public waiting to access us 5, uh, 413-545-3691 413-545-3691 if you want to talk to The Devil, Jeremy Whalen, 413 545 3691. We'll be back in a minute.